the glory land It won't be long Until I take the hand Of Jesus Christ With a great big smile We'll sit right down Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Until I see the man, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. We're going into the third part on the study on the soul of man. And I'd like to ask that you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning with verse number 16. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 16. Now we have been using the illustration that you can see up on the overhead projector tonight that we can call the body, soul, and spirit, or the spirit, soul, and body illustration. A lot of people have thought it to be a target, with the spirit being the bullseye in the middle. That's the best way that I can describe it so people that are listening by tape can understand what this illustration looks like. And, of course, the inside circle is the spirit. The next ring is the soul or the mind and the emotions and the will. And then the outside circle is also the body, which holds the senses. And then outside of the spirit, the, the soul and the body, we see the worldly pressures out there the temptations, the things that constantly attacked us. That's what we see. Now, God's desire is that we rejoice outwardly. He desires that we praise God. Amen? He desires that we move out in love. He desires to manifest himself outwardly in our life. Now, beginning in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, we see one verse, which is one of the shortest verses in the Bible, which says, Rejoice evermore. Rejoicing is an outside action of this body. Amen? He goes on to say, on top of rejoicing, he says that we should pray without ceasing. God wants us to rejoice and he wants us to pray. Matter of fact, he wants our joy to be made full. But in order for us to rejoice outwardly, in order for us to pray outwardly, something has to happen inwardly, and that is our spirit has to be born again. Amen? Now this says rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, Paul was writing to Christians. When he writes these letters, he writes to Christians. These Christians were in Christ. You might say, well, what does he mean by being in Christ? They were in Christ in that they were in his resurrection. Amen? They were risen with him into the heavenly places, seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus spiritually. Amen? Spiritually, they were in Christ. Now, when you are in Christ... You need to give thanks to God, you need to pray without ceasing, and you need to rejoice. Those are the outside actions that need to take place in a Christian's life. Now, number 19, verse 19, tells us what is not to happen, and that is quench not the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. Now, in this class, we have found out that the Spirit, the inside belly 
inward part of man has been changed into the image of God. Amen? It has been changed into the image of God. Your spirit has been made a new creation. Whereas you were once dead in your sin, Jesus became life for you, and he put Zoe, divine life, in your spirit. Amen? Your spirit could not be more whole than it is right now. Your spirit is God's spirit. Amen? And that righteousness lives inside of you. Amen? And you dwell in a body which is God's temple. Just as in the Old Testament where God dwelled in a temple made with hands, now he dwells in a temple made without hands, and that is your body. Amen? The Spirit of God dwells down in your spirit. It has been made whole and complete, the Word tells us. You have been made a son of God. But there is something about you that can quench that Spirit of God that is inside you. Am I making myself clear? And that something that can quench the Spirit is your soul, is your mind and what you think. You can think things that will quench the Spirit. Satan can come into your mind and he can quench the Holy Ghost. Satan can come into your mind and he can put bondage on the Spirit of God and keep the Spirit from releasing out into your body so that you will begin to rejoice, so that you will begin to give thanks to God, so that you will begin to have joy made full, which God says that he wrote you these things so that your joy may be made full. Satan will come in and try to quench the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, quenching the Spirit of God, one thing is despising prophecy. Because God wants us to prophesy and he wants us to speak the Word of God. He wants that Word that is down in your spirit to be able to come out through your mouth. Amen? Now, if Satan could, he would try to quench me from preaching this message tonight. But I am an overcomer, and greater is he that is in me, so therefore what he tries to put in my mind, I do not listen to, and I kick it out in the name of Jesus Christ, and the power of the resurrection, and the word begins to come out. Amen? Praise the Lord. The Lord wants us speaking for him. He don't want that spirit quenched by your mind, amen, by your soul. Then he goes on to say to prove all things, to hold fast that which is good. The word is good. Hold fast to the word. Shun the things that are of the devil. Matter of fact, he says to abstain from all appearances of evil. All appearances of evil. Neither give place to that devil. Amen. Put him out of your mind in the name of Jesus. When he tries to come in like a flood through your five senses, you kick him back out in the name of Jesus and the power of the resurrected living God. Amen. Because you're a spiritual man. Amen? You don't live by carnal fleshly things and things of Satan. You do not let in your mind because you have the mind of Christ. Amen? Matter of fact, he goes on to say here, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, the inward man, your whole soul, and your whole body be made complete. Amen? He prays this, that we will be made whole, spirit, soul, and body, that we will be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? See, he wants something to not only take place in our spirit, but he wants it to take place in our mind, and then he wants it to go on out to our body, and then he wants it to be able to go out and love and present joy to this world and the fruits of the Holy Ghost. Amen? 
He wants that spirit to be released. Now, that's what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is all about. Satan will come in and say, oh, man, the baptism of the Holy Spirit ain't for today. Tongues ain't for today. All oh, this ain't for today. The Word's not for today. This has passed away and all that kind of stuff. And you've got to tell Satan, hey, I'm going by the Word, and you ain't going to quench my spirit. That spirit is going to come out, and I don't believe those things, and I'm not going to listen to those things, and you are not going to bond my mind with thoughts that tongues aren't for today. Amen? See, if he can get you to thinking that something's not for today, you're not going to receive it. Because your mind is going to bind the spirit from coming out, amen, into the world and manifesting in your body. See, God's desire is that Jesus be manifested in your mortal flesh, amen? Praise the Lord. Now, turn with me over to 2 Corinthians, if you would, just to review for a second. Jesus wants us to be set free. He wants that faith that is down in your spirit 100% to be released into this world, Amen? He wants that measure of faith that is down in you to be released in this world and cause victory, amen, into the lives of human beings. Praise God. That bondage has to go, amen. You begin to be baptized in the Spirit and bubbling over in the Spirit. What is happening? The Spirit has been, begun to take control of your mind and it has taken control of your body and you're bubbling forth over with the Holy Ghost, Amen. And I tell you, somebody that's baptized in the Holy Ghost, somebody that's, that's doing and being effective for God, you can tell it in their body, can't you? You sure can. See, the Spirit has come out from inside of them. It has bypassed their mind because their mind has begun to agree with the Word of God. The Spirit has been released out into the body, and they have become effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ because Satan has not been able to come into the mind and put his bondage upon them and keep that Spirit of God, which is going to do the ministry, to coming out, from coming out. Amen? The Spirit is being released, amen, because our mind comes into the agreement with the Word of God. Okay, this is what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about. In verse number 4, 10, 4, 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. The Spirit of God wants to come out, see, to the pulling down of strongholds. Satan will try to come in and get a stronghold on your mind and try to keep God's power from coming out and manifesting it into this world. Do you understand that? He'll try to put a hole on your mind. He'll try to put some kind of lust fault into your mind. He will try to come in and put some kind of you can't do that into your mind. He will come in and he will tell you a lie. Amen? He'll tell you a lie. You'll begin to believe in it and it'll keep the spirit from coming out. But we don't do that. In verse number 5, we cast down imaginations and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Get that. The knowledge of God. We've got to come into the knowledge of God. We've got to come into the knowledge of God's love. We've got to come into the knowledge of His resurrection power because His resurrection power is what gave us the victory. And if we keep our minds and our thoughts on the knowledge of the resurrected power of Jesus Christ, Satan cannot trick us and lie to us and tell us things that are not true and tell us things that would stop the Spirit from coming out because we know the power of the resurrection. We know the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. And therefore, Satan cannot come in because he is not greater than the Holy Spirit. Amen? When Satan becomes greater than the Holy Spirit in your mind, the Spirit is bound. But that's why we say greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? And he comes out and he manifests himself in power in this world. It says to come against anything that tries to against, 
come against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity, what? Every thought, every thought, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, into the obedience of the Word. In other words, program your mind with the Word. Program your mind with Christ. Program your mind with the actions of Christ, which is the Word of God in action, amen, which is complete faith. Now, program your mind with the knowledge of Christ. Program your mind with the obedience of Christ. Program your mind with the mind of Christ. Program your mind with the word of Christ. And then what happens? And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. The devil will bring disobedience to your mind and you've got to be ready to kick it out just like Jesus did in the, garden, in the wilderness. Amen? Kick it out. You've got to be so programmed to the Word of God that when Satan comes and tries to bring some darkness in you, that light of the Word will shine upon that darkness and out that darkness will go in the name of Jesus and you will not give him place. Amen? You have a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Amen? Praise God to revenge it when your obedience is filled full. Amen? And that fulfillment of that obedience is bubbling out and you're on your way to the cross. You pass the cross with Christ and you begin to defeat that devil and everything that he tries to come at you with. Amen? Glory to God. Amen. I'm excited tonight. I don't know about you. Well, now last week we also went into Philippians 2.5 and we found out in Philippians 2.5 that we needed to have the mind of Christ Jesus. And that mind of Christ Jesus is the mind of the Word of God. The mind of the Word of God. Now, how do we get the mind of the Word of God? We begin to fill our mind with the Word of God. Now, Romans 2, Romans 12, 2 tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen? That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Now, we've already heard in this class that it's the will of God that we rejoice. It's the will of God that we pray without ceasing. It's the will of God that we give thanks. And we know it's the will of God that we love. Amen? And we can begin to prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is only when we renew our mind. When we renew our mind to the Word of God, then the Spirit of God that is inside of you can be loosed from you so that you will begin to do those things that are pleasing to God and that is God's will. Do you see that? Amen? Renewing your mind with the Word of God. Well, he says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. When Jesus was on this earth, he, be he was perfect. Amen? He was perfect. Now, we're not perfect. No, we're not. We're perfect in the spirit, but we're not perfectly minded yet to the mind of Christ. Amen? And our actions aren't always Christ-like actions. But Jesus, here's what happened to him. He was perfect in the spirit. Then it came to the point to where he had to decide in his mind if he was going to go to the cross or not. Remember when he said, if it be thy will, O God, let this cross pass from me. Well, it wasn't his will. And then Jesus said, Jesus said, not my will, Father, but thy will be done. And when he said that, the Spirit of God was able to move through Jesus' mind and go to the cross. And what happened? Satan got defeated. That is a principle of God. The way Satan gets defeated is when you say no to self, 
When you pick up your cross and follow God, when you say no to what you think, and when Jesus said no to what he thought in his mind, then the Spirit of God was able to move to him right to the cross and go down into the pits of hell, and he took on sin for man, and he became dead for us, and he rose for us, and he got victory over Satan, and he poured out that same Holy Spirit upon us so that we could do the same thing. Amen? Now we're to have the mind of Christ. That is a spiritual mind. A spiritual mind. That is God within us. Now scripture I left out last week was Philippians 2 verse number 13. And it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, God that works inside of you, in your spirit, he works in there and he wants to will and to do those things that are of his good pleasure. Do you see that? He wants to do things that are of his good pleasure. Well, going on and looking into this, it says, do all things without murmuring and disputing. In other words, when you're murmuring and when you're disputing with your brothers and in the body of Christ, that spirit cannot come out. Amen? That spirit is being bound. That spirit is being quenched. It goes on to say that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in this world. We shine as lights in this world. We are the light of the world. And what does Jesus say? Don't put that light or that candle underneath a bushel, right? Well, I tell you what, when you don't obey the word of God and when you do things that are in disobedient and when you allow Satan to come in and steal your victory, a bushel is going over that light. But the minute that you stand up, you talk the word, you program your mind with the word, and you let that spirit of God be loosed from inside of you, which desires to do the good pleasure of God, that light begins to come out, and you begin to be that light of the world that you're supposed to be. You have a responsibility to be the light of the world. Amen? That's you have that responsibility. It goes on to say, holding forth the word of life. Holding it forth. Hold the forth the word of life. Amen. What are we renewing our mind with? The word of life. And we're holding that word of life forth in everything in our life. Amen. With a renewed mind. It goes on to say that I may rejoice. When you hold the word forth in your mind, the spirit of God moves out. And where is rejoicing? Rejoicing is in the body. Rejoicing is in the body, and it's a bodily action that comes forth from the Spirit. Amen? But when that Spirit is quenched by Satan, and he comes in and put a bad thought in there, then you're not rejoicing outwardly very much, are you? But if you hold forth the word of life in this world, you'll be rejoicing. I'm rejoicing tonight, are you? Praise the living God. Satan has nothing on me. He is destroyed. He is under my feet with Christ Jesus, and I know that he is a defeated foe. Amen? Now look at this. It goes on to say, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. See, you labor in the word. Yea, and if I be offered up the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now I want to go on down tonight, if you would, to verse number 10 of chapter 3 of Philippians. Verse number 10 of chapter 3. Now, let me tell you something. This is the way you get victory. You get victory by knowing that Satan is a defeated foe. Where do you have to know this? Where do you know? 
Now, in your spirit, you are 100% born again, new creations, the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? And that spirit wants to come out. Now, knowing something is not doubting something, is it? If Satan can put a doubt in your mind, it will bind your spirit and keep the spirit of God from coming out and having an effect on this world. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to stop the Spirit of God. And if he know, if Satan knows that if he can trick you, he knows that that Spirit of God cannot come out because he knows that when you're thinking wrong, the Spirit of God will not be released from your body. Do you understand that? And Satan is trying to keep that Spirit from coming out. But when you know something, when you have faith in something, and when you go on to know something, then you know, too, that Satan is not going to be able to deceive you. Amen? So it depends on what you know. It depends on what you know and where your mind is renewed to, to the degree that you will be able to tell Satan the truth when he comes at you with that lie. Amen? Now, the Bible says that we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. Amen? So what do we need to do? We need to know. We need to know the truth. Well, let me tell you the truth. The truth is that Jesus came 2,000 years ago and that he died on that cross for you and that he was buried and that he was resurrected into the kingdom of God for you and that he gave you victory over the devil and you don't have to go for any of his okey-doke. Now, that's the truth. If you keep the truth on your mind at all times, and if you know the truth, the truth is going to set you free. Set you free from what? Set you free from the bondage of the devil. Set you free from marijuana cigarettes. Set you free from homosexuality. Set you free from all kinds of the garbage and the trash that Satan would try to put into your mind and destroy your mind and destroy your spirit. Yeah, see, Satan don't want that spirit to come out of you. He don't want that God which lives in you and which works in you and which wants to come out and do the pleasure of God and rejoice in this world. He don't want it to happen because every time it does and every time somebody gets turned on to Jesus, he is defeated, amen? And the way you stay in victory is to know. Where do you know? You know in your soul, amen? That's where the knowledge is. You have to come into the knowledge of God. Coming into the knowledge of God is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the knowledge of God. And if you know that, you are saved. Amen? If you know that and confess that with your mouth, you are saved. If you know that Jesus Christ arose from the dead for you, and if you believe in his bodily resurrection, you are saved. Amen? You know it. You have to know it in your heart. You have to know it in your mind. You have to know it in your spirit. Amen? You have to know what the Word of God says. Now look at this. Paul was praying here in Philippians 3.10, and that's exactly what he prayed. That I might know Him, that I might know Christ and the power of His resurrection. To the degree that you know the power of Jesus' resurrection is to the degree that you can tell Satan that he is dead and stinking and defeated when he comes at you with some kind of thought that's not of God. That is a truth. 
When you know who you are in Christ, when you know the power of Jesus' resurrection, when Satan comes, he has nothing in us. Because we are resurrected in Christ, our mind is renewed to the victory of the Word of God, and Satan has nothing in us. Well, let's go on. we got a good message tonight we're going to get into. It goes on to say here that we have the power to know the power of the resurrection. And Paul was praying and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That word attain there means knowledge. That word attain there does not mean that he is trying to attain the resurrection that Jesus resurrected spiritually, amen, and bodily and became a glorified body and ascended to the Father. That's not the resurrection he's trying to attain there. He has already attained that resurrection, remember? See, he attained that resurrection in Jesus. But what Paul is trying to come into, he's trying to attain the knowledge Look at that. He says that I might attain, that I might know him, and then that if by any means I might attain. What is he trying to attain? He's trying to attain the knowledge that Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead and that he now has complete, total victory over the enemy. He was coming into a knowledge of that resurrection. It says that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not that I have already attained. Not that I've already attained complete knowledge. See, you can grow in your knowledge of the resurrection. Matter of fact, Paul was saying here that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. The more you know the power of the resurrection of Jesus is the more that you know that that turkey Satan is defeated. Amen? See, when you knew and when you came to the knowledge that Jesus died on the cross for you and resurrected into the heavenly places and gave you eternal life, you got saved. But you had to find out about it first, right? Somebody had to tell you and you had to come into the knowledge of it. But the more knowledge you begin to get of it and the more power you begin to see that was in that resurrection and the more power you got in you by putting the word inside of you, the more you came to the knowledge of how defeated that turkey really is. Amen. And that he has no power over you because you know the power of the resurrection. Paul is talking about attaining a knowledge of the resurrection. Look at that. Attaining a knowledge of it. Number 12. Not that I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I might apprehend. That word apprehend means to grasp. It means to perceive. It means to appropriate. It means to lay hold of. It means to possess. He says that I might apprehend, that I might be able to perceive, that I might be able to grasp the knowledge of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? And once he came into a greater knowledge of it, then he knew exactly how much that devil is defeated. Amen? He had to apprehend a knowledge of it. He says, brethren... And then he goes on to say here, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of or in Christ Jesus. See, he already knew that he was resurrected in Christ and that he was a new creation. He wrote about it all over the place, right? 
Amen. But what he had to do, he had to be able to come into an attainment or a perception or a grasping or an apprehension of what had taken place with him spiritually. Amen. And when his mind and his soul began to line up with what had taken place spiritually, then he knew that that devil, Satan, had been defeated. See, Satan wants to come in and deceive you. Where does he try to deceive? Your mind. But the more apprehension, the more grasping, the more perceiving that you know that Satan is defeated, the more you have obtained to the power and knowledge of the resurrection of God, then you know that Satan cannot come in and deceive you because if you know something and somebody tries to come in and tell you a lie, you're not going to go for it, are you? If somebody comes and tries to tell you that that, that, that uh, a robe that Jesus is wearing up there in that picture is blue, you're not going to go for it because you know it's red, don't you? Amen. If you know that Jesus rose from the dead and that you're a new creation, that you're made righteous and that you're a son of God and Satan tries to come in and say, oh man, what are you talking about? You ain't no son of God. Tacking your mind and saying, won't you just go out and get drunk? Won't you just go out and do this? You got to be able to say, no, 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 no. You're trying to deceive me. Jesus Christ arose from the dead. I'm a son of God. Satan begins to back up and back up and back up and back up and pretty soon he's running from you. Amen because you're hitting him with the sword of the Spirit. You're hitting him with the knowledge of the Word of God. You're hitting him with your shield of faith. He cannot come in because you know the truth, the truth that sets you free, and you don't have to get into that bondage anymore. Amen? Praise the Lord. Because you know what is white, and you know what is black. Amen? And if he tries to come in and put some black on you, you're going to tell him what is white, right? And our robes are white. Amen? Because we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and we got to learn in our mind what is taking place in our spirit. Amen? And we're resurrected. we got to come into the knowledge of that resurrection. He says, Brethren, I count myself not to have totally apprehended and grasped and perceived, but this one thing I do, I forget about those things which are behind, and I reach forth towards those things which are before. It says, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect or mature, be thus minded. What minded? Minded of the knowledge that he is trying to obtain and perceive of the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Because when you know that, Satan cannot do anything to you. Amen? Because you've got victory. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, and if, any, and if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall even reveal this to you. Amen. If there's any way tonight that you are not minded with the word of God and the knowledge of resurrection, I believe God is revealing that to you right now. Any doubts that Satan is trying to put into your mind that Jesus did not rise from the dead and give you perfect and complete spiritual divine nature and righteous inside of you as the Son of God, any thought about that, God will reveal that to you, and you will take authority and control over that, and you will tell that turkey Satan to get out and to not hinder your thought that you will not go for any of his imaginations, amen, because you have the mind of Jesus Christ. You have the mind of the resurrection of God. It says, nevertheless, whereto we have already obtained, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Let us all mind the same thing. And what is that one thing that defeated the devil? The resurrection. 
the resurrection. The resurrection, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Now go on down here, if you will, with me into verse 8 of chapter 4. And this is what Paul tells us to think about. He says here in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, think about those things, okay? Whatsoever things are honest. What is true? It's true that Satan got defeated by the resurrection. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, right? And that is a very honest happening. It was a very just happening in that you got justified, amen? Praise the Lord. You are not guilty anymore. You have been made not guilty, amen, of any sin that you have ever done because Jesus has resurrected you into the heavenly places and Satan cannot put any kind of condemnation and guilt or inferiority upon you because you are a righteous son of God, amen? Hallelujah. You think about those things that are just. You think about those things that are pure. You think about those things that are lovely. You think of those good reports. And if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen? Praise the living God. Think on the things of the resurrection. Because the resurrection gave you every one of these characters that you just read about. Then Paul goes on to say, think on those things which you have both learned. You learned it in your mind. What have you learned most, all, uh, most of all tonight? You've learned that Jesus Christ defeated the powers of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of God as a dear son. Colossians 1, 12 and 13. Amen? You found out that you're a son of God. You think on those things which you learned. Paul had been teaching here to the churches over and over and over, and he said, I saved to teach and to preach anything except Jesus Christ and him what? Crucified, amen? Paul taught about the resurrection, amen? He says those things which you have learned and received, they received salvation, didn't they? They received righteousness because, of they, re uh, because they received the resurrection. When you received Jesus, what did you receive? Huh? You receive life. You receive life because of the resurrection. It says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Well, you had to receive that before you could be saved. Amen? He says here are those things that you learned. When you learned that, when you learned that you needed to receive Jesus, Man, you couldn't, you couldn't wait to receive him, could you? When the Holy Ghost convicted you of your sins and you learned that if you received Jesus that you would be washed by the blood of Jesus and become a son of God, you couldn't wait to get down to the altar, could you? It goes on to say you learn, you receive, you heard them, and you seen them in me. Paul said those things that you heard from me. Paul was preaching about those things that they were learning. Paul was preaching about those things that they were receiving. They heard them from Paul, and faith came from the word of God which Paul preached, and they in return could see that Paul was a man from God. Amen? He was a man from God telling people what salvation was all about. That salvation was about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is what we base our whole hope on today. If we didn't have the death, the burial, and the resurrection, we wouldn't have no hope, would we? We might as well go ahead and go to hell. Amen? 
But we have Jesus. We have the righteous Son of God that is resurrected from the dead and that has sent His Holy Spirit that has given us the divine nature and that is now renewing our mind by the Word of God which He has also given us. And that's what we think on, right? The Word of God which talks about deliverance. Deliverance from the things of Satan. It brings joy to the body, amen? When your mind gets renewed with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Shout the victory. Amen. Get excited. It goes on to say here, those things which you've seen in me, do. Begin to do the Word of God. Amen? Begin to speak the Word of God. And the God of peace shall be with you. Amen? Jesus said, peace I give unto you. Not as the world give I unto you, but I give you peace. Amen? I give you peace. The Prince of Peace has come inside of us. Amen? The wonderful, the mighty, the counselor, the savior, the prince of peace, the mighty God has come and set us free. Amen? That's excited. And that's something to get excited about. And if you notify your mind with it, the spirit will begin to jump through that mind of yours and you'll begin to talk Jesus. You'll begin to walk Jesus and your body will begin to put out the actions of Jesus. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. It goes on to say here in verse number 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last you care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how to be abased. I know how to be lowly. And I also know how to abound. Praise God. When things come into you and when they try to, to, to defeat you and pressures come into you, they knew, he knew how to overcome those in the resurrection. Amen. And he also knew how to abound when he was living in victory or when the pressures of life was coming to him. It didn't make any difference. He he knew to be content. The same people that he wrote this letter to. He was in the Philippian jail, wasn't he? Being beat, being beat in stocks. And he was still rejoicing and praising God. And God heard him and an earthquake came and he got delivered from prison. Amen. And these are the same people that he is writing to here. Paul had the victory. He not only had the victory in his mind and in his spirit, but he had the victory in his body. Amen. He was rejoicing. He had notified his face that he was a Christian. He was smiling, amen? He was shouting victory. He was becoming whole, spirit, soul, and body. And body. It goes on to say here that Paul was saying that I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then in verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. He was basing all of his faith upon the knowledge of the resurrected Jesus, which gave him complete victory spiritually, mentally, and bodily. Amen? He wasn't bound to anything. He was content not only mentally, but he was content in his bonds. Amen? He was rejoicing in whatever state he was in and every need was supplied because he served the risen God. Turn with me over to Galatians chapter 2, if you would. Galatians 2. You will see here a confession of Paul which he constantly had upon his lips. If you don't, you need to memorize this scripture here. Memorize this scripture. 
In verse number 16, just to start with, in Galatians 2.16, it starts out with knowing, knowing, knowing. There you go again. You need to know. You need to know that you're crucified with Christ. It goes on to say here, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith of Jesus Christ. He's justified by faith in knowing about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? And it goes on to say here, even we have believed in Jesus Christ. He believed that he arose from the dead, that we might be justified by faith of Christ. They were made just and they were declared not guilty and made righteous because of their faith in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? You're not saved by works and not by works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Then in verse 19, for I know the law, for I, th I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. And then he went on and he confessed this. He says, and you should memorize this, that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? Praise the Lord. Paul was saying that I have been crucified with Christ that I went down into that grave with Christ, that I resurrected into the heavenly places with Christ, and that I got complete spiritual victory. And now because I know that and because I confess that, any time that Satan tries to come at me, he is immediately under my feet because I am risen with the resurrected Jesus. Amen? Turn with me over to Romans 6, if you would. Romans chapter 6. This is a, ver a chapter that many of you that have been baptized have come to know, and the ones of you who have not been baptized need to come to know it. You need to be baptized in water, praise God. And I think most of you have been baptized in water. When you get baptized in water, that water is the grave, and you go down into that water, and you come up, and you're saying, I believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and therefore I'm saved. Starting out with verse number 3. What's that first word? No. No. Again, no. You need to know this. When you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. When you know about the resurrection, which is the truth, it sets you free from the bondage of Satan. And to the degree that you know this is that to the degree that you can notify the devil every time he comes at you, you notify him that you have been set free from his bondage and you're not taking it anymore. Amen? Knowledge that you have got the victory. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death, into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him. We went down into that grave with him by baptism in death, that like as Jesus was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in this newness of life. See, Jesus came and he did this for us. He died for us. He didn't die for himself, did he? And when he went down into that grave, we were in that death. When he resurrected from the, the dead, we were in that resurrection, amen? And when he was seated in the heavenly places, we were seated there, amen? And now we have power to overcome because of that seating, amen? 
We have victory, spiritual victory completely, and now we have mentally victory to the degree that we know that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And it goes on to say, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. There you go, resurrection. Knowledge that you have been planted in the likeness of his resurrection. It says knowing again in verse 6. See how important that knowing the truth is? Knowing this. That our old man is crucified with Christ. Amen. That old man got crucified with Christ. That old spiritual dead man inside of our spirit that we inherited all the way from Adam's sin is dead with Christ Jesus. Amen. And it goes on to say that the body of sin might be destroyed. Our spiritual sin was destroyed, amen? And since it is destroyed, now we can come into the mental knowledge of knowing that and we can begin to be free from sin bodily. No, we will never get perfect mentally. No, we will never get perfect physically in this world until we are glorified with Christ. But we need to strive and press towards the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen? We need to stress that we need to move out for that 100%, even knowing that until we get raptured, we will not be glorified and be like Him, 1 John 3, 2. Amen? Praise the Lord. We need to strive for it. Henceforth, that the sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Amen? We are resurrected spiritually and living in the heavenly places. Amen? Now we need to notify our mind to the fact that we have been resurrected with Christ. And when we come into the knowledge of the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and we see that he has taken that Adamic sin away from us, that he has given us life in place, that he has given us divine nature and righteousness spiritually in place of that dead sinful nature of Adam, then we can begin to live in victory because we have a knowledge that we are a new creation, right? And we know the difference in white and black, amen? And it goes on to say there, it says, knowing that Christ, another knowing again, another knowing. You need to underline every one of these knowings because to the degree that you know it is to the degree that you have victory. To the degree that you know in your mind that you have victory is to the degree that you can tell the victory that you have to Satan and the knowledge that you have of Satan's defeat when he tries to come at you. Amen? You've got to know that you are dead with Christ, that you're now resurrected with Christ, and that you have been made perfect and whole, and that you are everything that Jesus Christ is spiritually. Amen? Now, in order for that spirit that you have been recreated into brand spanking new to come out, you've got to renew your mind so that you can prove what that perfect will of God is outwardly in your body. Am I making sense tonight? You've got to come into the knowledge that you have divine life in your spirit. And as you do, that divine life begins to come out. It says, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. 
death has no more dominion over him. And if it has no more dominion over him, it has no more dominion over you. Amen? It has no more rule over you. Death has no more rule over Christ. Death has no more rule. See, Satan tries to come in, and he tries to put death on you. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He tries to come in and steal from your mind. He tries to come in and steal the blessings of God. He tries to come in and deliver a package of death to you, and you're not receiving it because you have died with Christ, and now you have received eternal life, and Christ is not having to die anymore, and you do not have to die anymore because you have divine nature. Amen? Divine life. Now, that's something. You're a son of God. Hallelujah. You're the righteousness of God in Christ because you have this life. It says, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon. That word reckon means count it to be. Count yourself to be. Also yourselves to be dead unto sin. To the degree that you count yourself to be dead unto sin and to be alive unto God in your mind is to the degree that you have victory. To the degree that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Satan has been defeated and that you have now resurrected into the kingdom of God spiritually and that you are the son of God and a righteous resurrected child of God is to the degree that you will have victory in this world physically. Do you see that? It says reckon, reckon. That word means count it to be. Count it to be. Count yourself to be dead indeed into sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. How? Through Christ. Through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you have now received life totally, complete, 100% spiritually, and now you come into the knowledge of it mentally, and when Satan tries to come into your mind and put some kind of fear, some kind of death, some kind of guilt, some kind of condemnation upon your mind, you say, Satan, fear is no part of me because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he has given me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, and you get the hints because I am dead unto sin and I am alive unto God, and if you don't get out of here, I'm going to destroy you. Amen? We're to go out and destroy the works of the devil today. Amen? And allow them to have one iota of fruit in our life. It goes on to say, let not sin therefore reign. Let it not have rule. Amen. Let it not have rule in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. When the lusts of the world, the lusts of the devil, the lusts of the flesh try to come at you, you have rule over it. Amen. You have rule over it because the Spirit of God that lives inside of you is the power of God that He has given to us who believe to go out and destroy the power of the devil and to rule over it because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Your mind is renewed by the Word of God and you know that you're not part of Satan's garbage anymore. Amen. And you're not giving it no place whatsoever. Amen. Glory to God. It goes on to say, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteous. Don't yield your body unto... Don't yield your members to unrighteousness because if you do, you've been deceived by Satan and you're doing what he wants you to do. You have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus inside of you and that's what you're supposed to be doing, doing the Word, doing the things that are of the Spirit and not of the flesh, amen? Walk therefore in the, in the Spirit and not after the flesh, amen? 
See, let the Spirit come out and let your members be yielded, it goes on to say, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. See, our members and our actions of our body is to be rejoicing, thankful, praying, going out and spreading the gospel, defeating the turkey of the devil every time it comes at you. Go out and do good deeds. Go out and love the world to Jesus Christ. Amen? Go out and deliver the word of God through your mouth. That is what going out in the minister of righteousness is all about. For sin shall not have rule or dominion over you. Amen? Sin has no dominion or rule over you. Are you letting sin and Satan rule your life tonight? Are you letting him rule your mind tonight? Are you letting him come in and trick you and tell you certain things? And are you believing and basing your faith on those things instead of the faith of God that comes from the Word? Or are you going on the things of Satan is what I'm asking. You're going for the things of God. And you're letting your mind be ruled by the resurrection. Amen? This is your rule book. This is the Word of God. That's what you go for. And the more you get into it, the more faith comes, the more faith that is developed. You know you have complete faith down in your spirit, but your old mind tries to keep that faith from coming out. But as your mind is developed and as it is renewed into the mind of Christ Jesus, that faith begins to come out and you begin to preach the Word of God in power. Amen. I'm set free. Are you set free? Hallelujah. And if you're set free, you'll begin to minister the Word of God because Satan cannot come in and say, Oh, man, you're afraid to go over and talk to him. He might hit you upside the head. No, you're not either. You go over and you deliver the gospel to that guy, man. Because if the Spirit leads you over to that man, you go over and boldly tell him that Jesus loves him and that you're here with a message that can save his life because you love him, amen? And that is Jesus Christ and him crucified, amen? And it goes on to say here, it says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because you're under the, the, not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. No, no, no again. Know you not that to whom ye yield your servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness? I want to ask you a question tonight. Who are you serving? Are you serving God or are you serving Satan? If you're serving Satan, your members are giving off disobedience or giving off unrighteousness. But if you're serving God, your members are giving off righteousness, it says here. But God, be thanked that ye are the servants not... But, but God, be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of teaching which was delivered unto you. Amen? In other words, they begin to obey the Word of God and they got delivered from the things of being service to Satan. Amen? And it goes on to say, being then made free from sin because they knew the truth, ye became the servants of righteousness. They begin to be servants of righteousness and righteous deeds begin to go forth from their body. Then it goes on to say, I speak after the manner of man because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members as servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then 
in those things whereof ye are now ashamed. For the end of those things and the fruits of the devil and the fruits of unrighteousness was death. Amen? They were death. But it goes on to say, But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness. And in the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Programming your mind with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That turkey tries to come in and try to tell you anything else, you don't go for it. Amen? Because you know, you know the power that is in that resurrection. Well, let's go over to the book of Ephesians and let's close with this. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 16... Paul began to pray for the Christians. And I'm praying this prayer for every one of you in here tonight. And I want you to pray this prayer for me because we cannot ever know enough about the power of the resurrection. Every minute of the day, we need to have our mind upon the resurrection. Every minute of the day, Satan is trying to come at you and deceive you. Every minute of the day, therefore, you shall have your mind on the knowledge of the resurrection. Amen? It says here, Paul said in verse 16 of Ephesians 1, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul is praying that they may come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen? Into the knowledge of Him. Into the knowledge of Jesus. Into the revelation knowledge. Into the revelation wisdom and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Into the revelation knowledge of the resurrection. Because the things that are of Jesus is His actions. And Jesus' actions was going to the cross. Amen? The knowledge of the resurrection. He goes on and He tells us exactly about that resurrection. He says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may what? That you may know, again, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. What do you need to know here? What do you need to know? Look at this. You need to know what is the hope of Jesus' calling and also, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints? Did you know you have an inheritance? And one of those inheritances is that you have the power and the authority to defeat Satan at every turn. It goes on to say here, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? See, when you begin to know what took place at Calvary and your mind begins to renewed by the Word of God, then you begin to find out what the exceeding greatness of His power. And that knowledge, as it exceeds, that power begins to exceed in your life and you begin to exceed forth and you begin to exceed forth in that power that was given to who? Usward. Let me hear you say that. Usward. Usward. The power was given to usward who believe, amen, who place their faith in the knowledge of the word that power is given to us. It goes on to say, according to the working of his mighty power. What was that working? Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. He set Jesus and he also set us, let me tell you, my brother, because Jesus died and resurrected for us, amen. 
And he set us up there in that life. Far above all principalities. We're far above all principalities. We're far above all powers, all might, and all rulership. And every name that is named not only in this world, but also in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in and all. Did I read that right? That he gave us all things, that he also set his church, that we are his body, that he is our head, and that we are now above all principalities and all authorities, and now we have all rulership over him as being the body of Christ here on earth. Did I read that right? Amen. See, you notify your mind of that power that has taken place inside of you spiritually. And it goes on to say, and you hath he quickened. He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. That was every one of us, my brother. And it goes on to say down into verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, he hath quickened us and made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved and hath raised us up together and made us set together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're sitting there in those heavenly places. We're kicked back in His righteousness. We're walking in His power. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We're now sons of God. We're new creations sitting in God's kingdom and ruling this world with the Word of God. Amen. And we're ruling all dominions of Satan because we have the mind of Christ and we're walking in the Word. Amen. We've been forgiven. We've got the assurance that we're saved and on our ways to heaven. We're righteous. We have no fear because we have put all fear out of our mind. We have no inferiority. We have no guilt because we walk in the Word of God. We're healed. We have abundant life, amen, as sons of God. We are conquerors. We have the ability to do all things because we're the body of Christ. We are heirs of His salvation. Greater is He who is in me than he that is in the world. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places we're prosperous and we're walking as sons of God because our mind is renewed to what our spirit has happened to it amen because we're resurrected with Christ glory to God amen that's us as children of God our souls are to be renewed to the word of God and we're to know the power of the resurrection amen hallelujah put that on your mind constantly constantly hallelujah we'll continue here next week We'll continue here next week, and we'll try to get on through this class, and maybe the next time, or maybe the time after that. I don't know. Hallelujah. I get all excited and inspired and don't know when to shut up. But praise the Lord. I tell you, it's good, isn't it? It's good knowing that you have the victory. Amen. Amen.